Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Ranch in the north woods of Wisconsin, which is also the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute. Um, and that's a one-year Bible college program, which is a great way to set up a foundation for whatever you want to do in life. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a gap year, even though some might consider it that. I would say it's more of a foundational year where you could just, you know what, focus on what life is about, get a good foundation, and go out in the world and do it. Absolutely. More than ever, places like the Nicolay Bible Institute are very critical in your young person's life. Yeah. You need to encourage them to go to a place like the Nicolay Bible Institute where they, we will work on saying, look, there is a God. Yes. You need to know him. You need to love them. You need to walk with them. And you need to serve people. You don't, this world isn't about you. And Nicolay Bible Institute does that. So I encourage you, any young person you know, that really is just getting out of high school or maybe they're in college and kind of wandering, trying to figure yeah. it out. Nicolay Bible Institute should be an option on the table. And yeah. I would suggest that you look at it and uh, give us a chance to help the person in your family do what they should do in life. Because there is a should do list. Absolutely. And if you listen, listen to this show long enough, you know that we talk about loving God and loving others quite a bit. Yeah. And really, that's what this program, the Nicolay Bible Institute, is all about. It's really training, discipling, and saying, all right, young people, you know, this is how we love God, and this is how we love others. Yep. In and whatever you, walk of life you want to go. And, and really, God, Jesus uses the body principle to talk about what life is supposed to be like, and it's so true. When you have healthy joints, when you have healthy everything, your body works so wonderfully. Yeah. But when you don't, your whole body begins to have to adjust. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really want to be able to talk to young people today and tell them, you know, the way the world is right now, it is a mess. And it's a mess because they don't know God. Right. That's, that's as simple as we can leave it. Uh, you know, Second Peter 3, 3 to 5 talks about the fact that there will be an end to all this stuff. Uh, in other words, the world in which you and I live in right now um, it's something that will come to an end one day. And everybody knows that. But nobody actually believes it's going to be in their lifetime. Yeah. I mean, they might, but then not really. It's kind of like, especially in the United States of America, we can talk about greed, but nobody actually knows what it is. Mm -hmm. And nobody's actually greedy. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about, you know, pride, but nobody's actually prideful. You know, I mean, it, it, so, so you have all these concepts out there. Yeah that we all agree on in a way, mm -hmm. but nobody's ever guilty of any of them. Yeah. So you never can really correct them because nobody's got the problem. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not what the Bible says, by the way. So the Bible says we're all sinful, and I would guarantee that everybody listening, including myself, has a, de a degree of greed, has a degree of pride that they need to deal with somewhere mm -hmm. because it's a, it's a sin that's really part of humanity. Yeah. So I would suggest you look at things honestly. And if you feel badly about yourself because you don't measure up all the time, when did you measure up? Mm -hmm. You don't understand what mercy and grace is done. Absolutely. So I, that's why we love having young people at Nicolet Bible Institute. We can talk to them about these things. I'm going to read Second Peter 3, 3 to 5, because it talks about the last days. And, and with you, uh, Jason, young children in your family and... Um, young guy just really looking forward to many years to come, hopefully. There, there's a lot of changes in the world that are just weird. Yes. And uh, again, I would suggest, you know, the whole solution actually is to go back to God and listen to him. But 
that's the simple solution. I want to build the case for what the Bible says, what some other scholars are looking at and saying right now, and uh, see if we can come up with a way that your family mm-hmm. or any young family can tackle the culture that we live in today you yeah. know, somehow and be successful at it if, if possible. Yeah. Um, I want to put a caveat in it. We have to understand that through years, people who do it's right get persecuted too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that there's no persecution that's around the corner. I'm just saying there's a way to live successfully. Yeah. And um, Jason is a father, a husband. It's his responsibility to lead his family yeah. toward that. Second Peter 3, 3 to 5 says, Know this, first of all, that in the last day mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice by the word of God. The heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. It's interesting that Peter's saying, you know what? In the last day, people are going to forget God. They're going to mock anything that is absolute. They're going to mock the fact that a God exists. They're going to just follow their lusts or their feelings or their desires. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a sign of the last days. And we're there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what describes the world right now. When you look at people who are forgetting God. Now, what's interesting, again, is people say, well, we're doing this and we're, you know, where's God in all of it? Oh, he'll show up. Mm-hmm. He'll show up. He knows what he's doing. Always. And in the end, he wins. I was reading a book by a guy, Ray, D-A-L-I-O, Dalio, Dalio, something sure. like that. It's called Principles for Dealing with Changing World Order. And I, I was just reading want to. I want to read some quotes from that book if I can. Yeah. Because I think one of the things I like looking at as an older guy are the patterns that have taken place. Mm-hmm. And say, uh, in in fact, I wrote a little devotional book uh, with with the ideas um, that ideas actually have consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have this idea of I can live in debt, I can do this and do this and won't hurt me. Fine, mm-hmm. but actually, the idea is going to affect you. Yeah, uh, and th- these ideas that we have actually do change the course of history. It won't change what God does because His course is already set. Yeah. It changes our course of history. So let me read. He talks about a big cycle. And um, so these are now quotes from that book that I I referenced. The big cycle is once-in-a-lifetime upheaval that every empire succumbs to sooner or later. The rise and fall pattern of dynasties and empires follows the big cycle. The overlap of numerous smaller cycles, most significantly long-term debt and capital market cycles, so he talks about you know how how people get used to living where they don't have enough resources, so they just borrow them and live off things they don't actually have at mm-hmm. this point, and that's been a normal part of history. Yeah. By the way, then he goes on to say internal order and disorder cycle in mm-hmm. in in countries that begin to really have long term problems. There's internal order and disorder cycles. Mm-hmm. So they're, they, you know, all of a sudden they do something to legislate righteousness or what they want, and they get it in order. But then it doesn't take long because there's no absolutes where it gets out of order very quickly. 
external order and disorder is something that happens in these huge cycles that change history. So same thing. So a, a country can go in and and use their power and might to change another country from the outside, mm-hmm. but it won't be long before they can't hold that change. Right. Right. And and that cycle will continue. You can't go into another place and force them to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. He goes on to say, cycles of long-term debt, capital market, internal and external order and disorder are normal, but they are usually scattered across an empire's lifespan. Every once in a while, they happen simultaneously. When they do, it signals the coming of an era-defining seismic shift that will irrevocably change the course of history. When all of those things are happening at the same time, yeah. this historian, this guy saying, then the world changes. It's a big shift, yeah. At this point. And we can look at that and see World War I, World War II. There, there were seismic shifts. All these smaller cycles are present in our world right now. And in our own time, the big cycle is showing up in the form of huge debts, super low interest rates, catalyzing the printing of enormous amounts of reserve currency. This has devalued and destabilized the United States dollar signals that the dollar may not be the world's reserve much longer, which will bring huge changes to the world, by the way. Yeah. Then he says, we also see the big cycle and major upheavals within nations and the growing rivalry between reigning superpowers, the United States and China. And he doesn't even mention Russia. Hmm. Because really the greatest superpowers right now are the United States and China. Right. Uh, I think Russia would like to be in that conversation, but actually they're not in the same category at this point. Yeah. I don't think. There haven't been overlapping cycles like this since the Third Reich tried to take over the world in the 1930s. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The big cycle creates back and forth between periods of peace and prosperity and creativity and periods of revolution, war, and decline. So so the, this big cycle keeps bringing these little wars and and skirmishes and angry and until there's a big war. And the halasan, which is characterized, that word means characterized by happiness and great success and prosperity, often used to describe an idyllic time. Periods are always significantly longer than periods of upheaval. But as one empire begins to decline and another rises, it replaces it. It shifts between periods of peace and turmoil, become increasingly dramatic. Even bigger booms and busts. This is normal. Violent fluctuations are expected when the big cycle begins. And he just goes on to say there will be a time in those big cycles where everything changes and yeah. it changes quickly. So I, I think if you don't look at the Bible, you're a historian, you're saying, wow, we're in, we're, we're in for some big changes just by the cycles that are going on right now. If you are one who knows the Bible, you're saying, "Wow, there's going to be a big change at some point." Mm-hmm. And and uh, and and I always think, you know, it's kind of fun. You look at Revelation twenty one one. I saw a new heaven and new earth. The first heaven and earth passed away because God said, "That's enough. It's time to end this mess." Some people might be listening, going, "You're not giving us a whole lot of hope. You're saying the world's going to end." Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not actually wanting you to have hope in the world. <laughs> That's the point. I, yeah. It is going to end. L- look at the world right now. Where's the hope? Yeah. Where is it apart from God? Right. 
And if you can find it and tell me where the hope is apart from God, do you think it's in the United Nations? Do you think it's in a government? Do you think it's in an army? Do you think it's in the stock market? Yeah, we, <laughs> where, where's the hope? Right. What What's happening right now is everything in the world is proving futile. Yep. So you're a father, young children. How do you navigate this then with your kids? What do you do? What, what do you tell them? I mean, my kids are still young enough. They don't even know anything's going on. That's right. You know, and so we just can keep living life. You okay. Know, we focus on the world around us, which is, you know, our neighbors and the people that are closest to us. Yeah, and thinking you know? long, yeah, even thinking long term. Yeah. Is there a place right now where you can get a, a reliable news? Reliable news. You can get news. Okay, so, but you, you don't decipher, know if it's even yeah, true. Yeah, you don't even know what's true. Here's what's interesting to me. I don't think you can find truth apart from the Bible at all, anywhere. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, other than God's word and people that you know that love God and want to honor him, how are you going to find truth? Mm -hmm. Everything's spun. Yep. Since Hitler's day, Hitler was the, uh, the, the first one, and if you check out how marketing was put into place and all that stuff, he was the first one that weaponized propaganda. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at Ukraine, you look at Russia, they're good at it. China, excellent at propaganda. How in the world can you read anything? Donald Trump, good at propaganda. I'm sorry. You, right. you might say, oh, you're good at propaganda. The, the Democratic Party, propaganda. You, the president gives a speech, a State of the Union speech, which, by the way, just on a personal note, any president could have given that one. Almost every point was the same as other presidents. <laughs> But beyond that, yeah. then they had to have their own party re have a rebuttal. Yeah. And the other party. It's like nobody's satisfied with anything. Where do you find truth? Right. E even now with the, the United States of America, the, the big controversy in sports where you've got this male that says, you know, he's a female swimming on a female team and breaking dressing in it yeah. and breaking all the records. And that's controversial to some people because you can't say that's wrong yeah okay we got we got trouble here yeah right because i'm saying that's wrong yeah you know i mean i i don't that's not right you don't have a guy that's a male changing a female locker room and you don't he's a male yeah and and you know kids are beginning to wonder if us adults have brains really you look at yeah, you know where is the stability? There is none. God says, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And when you deviate from that, you're in trouble. And mm -hmm. we're in trouble because we're deviating from that. And I think the greatest thing that you and I can do is begin to live our lives in a way that reflects the fact that we actually know the truth. And that's what you get to do with your family. You Absolutely. get to do that with your kids. I get to do that for your kids. I get mm -hmm. to live that way so that somebody outside of your family lives that way mm -hmm. and they can see that it can be done. That's all. Yep. It's, it's not a complicated formula. Yeah. You know, know God, live like you know God. That's how hard is this? Mm -hmm. And yet everything in the world is against that. Yeah. Because of the lust of flesh, etc. cetera. Uh, Matthew 13, 24 to 50 is great passage. It goes to say, now, you may not even catch the connection of this, but it, it's there, so let me read it to you. He said, he put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in the field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat, and went away. Mm -hmm. Good and bad, right there, all together. 
Yeah. That's really the world we live in. It's there. It's all together. When it's young, it's hard to see what it is. It's hard to see when weeds are little mm-hmm. what they are. But they're already zapping the strength, the, the nutrients that are meant for the good. And there's so many people today who their, their strength is getting zapped by the evil side. Mm-hmm. Just as they grow and they've allowed the, you know, I, I really, I really think you need to turn the internet off at yeah. times. Turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. Stop getting news from there. Mm-hmm. You say, where do we get news from? Why do you need it? Mm-hmm. I know, you're disconnected, nobody, you know, at this point in life, you don't know what's true. I'm sorry. There's no possible way, if you're getting your information from a f- national news, you're getting, it from a, you're getting it from the internet, there's no way to know it's true. Right. I would be very careful about the information that you read. Some of it may be true, mm-hmm. but a propagandist will take pieces of truth and weave them in lies to make you believe the, what they're saying. Right. Like they might say this, you need to tolerate people who um, say that marriage is not between one man and one woman, but two men can be married. You need to tolerate that idea because you need to show them love. See, what they just did is weave a truth mm-hmm. in lies. Yeah. First of all, if I were looking at that from a philosophical and biblical viewpoint, I would say, well... Tolerance is not something God does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tolerate evil. He's patient, but he's not tolerant. Tolerant means that at some point you accept it. Yeah. But you can't accept something if you love somebody. You can't accept something if you actually love them that's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden we redefined what love was yeah. accurately, I believe, and we also reintroduced the idea that there's a way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and that we should care enough to stand up for the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that's really the challenge you have for your children as they grow up. That's the, the mind frame. They have to be trained in that thought process. Right. That there's a weaving going on of truth and error. Because sometimes, even without provoking when we're children, mm-hmm. we learn that sort of truth can work. Mm-hmm. So how do you teach a kid? No, sort of doesn't work. Yep. You know, I mean, I understand that it's almost right what you said. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of right. That you're sort of there. <laughs> you know, but you can't accept that. Right. Right. And yet you want to teach them that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not sure. You almost got to catch your kids that way. Well, and and that's that thought process where it's kind of true but not is is exactly the way that satan deceived eve right in the garden initially you know because even eve said well you know he said don't eat of the tree otherwise you know or don't even touch it you know and so there was some truth in there but then she it kind of expounded on the fact that like that's not exactly what he said right and that's where you you then allow yourself to embrace something else that you shouldn't yep you know? Yeah, you know it's really it. 
They are, the way that Satan works has been consistent all through history. Yeah. Uh, Jesus called him the father of all lies. Yep. He's a deceiver. Mm-hmm. So right now, if you look at the internet, you look at, it's hard to figure out what's true because the father of lies is active. Right. And he's really good at what he does. To think that Satan is not good at what he does would be a mistake. Mm-hmm. He's good at presenting things. Right. So he keeps making you think you just saw the truth. There's so many things that in life I've had to unravel because people are so much on a bandwagon that, right. you know, for me personally. Well, and it's even been a cultural shift. I remember when I was in high school, we had to do like a research paper. Right. You know, and the internet, at, when I was in high school, it was kind of newish. You know, it was still dial up, but it was still like, all right, here's the new trend, mm-hmm. you know. But when it came to like using resources and sources to, to prove our argument, you know, our teachers would say, now you got to be careful what's on the internet. You know, some we're not going to, count such and such and such of sources because they're not reliable, you know, Wikipedia or whatever right. it was at the time. And now it's like, man, you see something on Facebook and it is like rock solid truth. Yep. You know, at least that's the cultural shift I've seen. It's like, if you see it on social media, like I hear people quoting it, I'm like, you don't even know who posted that, Yeah, you know, and it's just crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I'm wondering why people even post things. Yeah. Think of your own motive for posting. I mean, do we really think, do I think that I am such a person that's so needed in the world that I need to tell everybody what I think. Yeah. I, I'm not that in that category. Mm-hmm. You know, so honestly, if you want to know what I think, you need to come and talk to me and ask me. Right. And I can tell you because then I know you're interested. Mm-hmm. But really, did you just post it? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Now, I, I'm a I'm a teacher and I, and I radio and podcast things. Well, the podcast, you got to go and get it. If you don't want it, don't listen to it. Right. You know, I mean, that's that's because it's designed to help people who want it. Yeah. This podcast we're doing, you know, you're saying, well, I'm going to spend forever protesting you guys because you said this. D- do us a better favor. Just turn it off. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't want to listen to what we're saying, that's your prerogative. Yeah. Don't listen. We're not trying to force feed you something. Mm-hmm. And And what we have to get over in our culture is that I don't need to convince somebody of anything. Absolutely. That's God's business. I need to live in a way that demonstrates what's, what right is. Mm-hmm. And maybe my life will challenge somebody. Yeah. And if you want to listen to why I live this way, mm-hmm. then tune in. Yeah. But that's really your choice. But if you just want to argue, go tune in to somebody who argues. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do that. In fact, most of the time in this day and age, I'll turn away and say, believe what you want. Yeah. Say, well, that's not very good. You're not a very good apologist. I'm not. (laughs) And neither was God, I don't think. I don't think the Bible spends a whole lot of time on apologetics. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the Bible spends a whole lot of time trying to prove God is God. There are times where you just said, I'm God. Right. And and others, one question was like, creation says there's a God, so there is. Mm -hmm. That's his apologetic. Yeah. But I really don't think there's a whole lot of an apologetic in the Bible yeah. as far as just trying to prove that God's God. Um, I think that it is so evident that God's God yeah. that that's a waste of time in many respects. Mm-hmm. And I know oh, everyone who studies apologetics now is going, huh? <laughs> How dare you say that? Right. Well, I don't mean that as far as the idea of saying, here's why it's right, here's why God's right. I mean, that's a great study. But God doesn't need me to stand up and say, really, he's God Mm -hmm. in order for him to be God. Right. 
He is perfectly capable right now of proving to whoever wants to be proven mm-hmm. that he's got, he can do that. Yep. And he doesn't need me to do that. Now, he might, but he doesn't need me to do that. And yeah. I think if you would just look at a frog, you'd have to conclude there's a God. Mm-hmm. Because how did he come up with that one? Right. Uh, or the balance of nature. Just look at it. Just look at a, have maple syrup and understand what happened to dirty water. And it got turned into your syrup. And it's and I, delicious. Yeah, I mean, you just think about those things and you go, wow, that's, it's not random. Mm-hmm. Or a baby being formed in a in a womb. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think about those things. and um, You know, it's so easy for us to start calling other people evil. I mean, even right now, I... Unfortunately, my perspective has, was I'm watching the war unfold mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about the evil as the bombs fly there, who's ever responsible for them. I, I don't even know what's going on in that respect. I know what the news says, but it's right. all over the place, depending on what news you're listening to. Uh, but then I listened to our president talk about the importance of passing laws that would kill babies in abortion. Mm. And I think, well, who's the madman? Yeah. You know, I'm concerned in the war over in Europe for the innocent. That's what I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about the guilty people who want to kill each other. Right. That's what you get when you want to kill each other. You kill each other. I'm concerned for the, the many innocent people who are just trying to be moms and dads and live their life. Yeah. Likewise, what about the innocent babies? Mm-hmm. What did they do to have a country pass laws that say we could slaughter you? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. See, I mean, that's my problem. It isn't, you know, say whatever you want in the news. It, label it whatever you want as, quote, health care. I don't even know what he labeled it. He wouldn't say abortion in the, in the speech. But it was something like women's care and health. and Beating around the bush. It, oh, man, it was totally around it. it but it was yeah. like, why don't you just say the word? Right. Oh, because the words are, you know, I, I'm a president and there's propaganda we have to have. Right. And I got to put this in the best light so people look at it and say, I really want this. So anyone now that is against abortion is against helping women with health care, according to him. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's just wrong. I, I am for health care. Right. My wife has breast cancer and we're dealing with that. And mm-hmm. I'm all for Healthcare, absolutely. But what I'm against is killing innocent people. Yeah, and using healthcare as your cover mm-hmm. for it. That isn't right. And it's because I use God's word for a standard, and not the Supreme Court mm-hmm. at this point. And I think that's our answer. I think if you can train your children to just do what's right, and we have enough parents do that will ignore those laws mm-hmm. that hurt people. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I think sometimes we just need to, like you said, tune out those sources and really just focus on what matters, and that's the life around you, rather than worrying about you know, what's bigger and outside of your control, in essence. Worry about what you can control. And right. That's your family. That's your responsibility. Unfortunately, we are running out of time again here on Younger and Older. I encourage you, if you missed part of the episode or if you want to join in other conversations that we've had, head over to silverbirchranch.org and you could uh, listen to other podcasts in this series or even check out some of the other podcasts that we offer and put out. Uh, we just want to be, be here to encourage you. 
and even get you to think a little bit. But for this time, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.